Oh my gosh, episode two, you guys. I can't believe that I actually finally did this and got a podcast started so that you guys can listen to some of my content without having to have YouTube open on your phone. But first of all, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to y'all for listening and supporting me and favoriting or whatever. What is it that you do? I think you applaud the podcast episode and then you favorite the podcast, like the actual podcast. I don't know. I'm learning all of this new lingo. Um, and as of right now, uh, it is still only available on Anchor and Spotify. But when you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to it on another platform. And I super duper appreciate you guys being so supportive and going ahead and listening to it. Even if Anchor is not the app that you usually use, hopefully you're enjoying it and it's working out fine. Um, but I just really wanted to thank you guys because it really means so much to, to you. <laughs> it means so much to you. It means so much to me that you guys have been so wonderful and supportive. Like it just, it truly, it means so much. Um, this has been a crazy journey, um, for me in my life and mine and Cullen's marriage and relationship and everything over the past year. And it has been life-changing for sure. And I just really want to share some of the things that I've learned. And I know a lot of you guys have struggled with some things today. Um, On the podcast, I'm going to be talking about guilt and the guilt of saying no when you set boundaries, when you um, have to say no to different things. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And it's something that I've struggled a lot with. And it's something that I feel like I am doing a much better job of being confident in. And I want to share with y'all kind of how I've overcome that and the, the tips and um, I guess there's not really any tricks, <laughs> but the tips and things that have worked for me that have helped me in this journey. So um, hopefully some of it will be helpful to you guys. Um, again, it really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy this. I'm just going to roll this audio and stop rambling so you can hear the actual content. Here we go. So we're going to get started talking about what we came on here to talk about today. So I posted a video last night on my Instagram story. If you guys saw it, um, it was about saying no without feeling guilty, um, which is something that I have learned so much over the last year um, and something that I didn't even know was like okay to do until recently, which is just crazy looking back on it. I'm 36 years old and just learning about saying no. Um, A lot of y'all seem like you're struggling with some of this too. And I've seen a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're talking about this. This is so helpful. Um, I need to work on this myself. And so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what I've learned um, as I am doing lately with all of these different topics. I want to talk about what I've learned over the past year about that, um, how I've kind of overcome my fear of saying no, how I've realized that it's not just okay to say no, um, but it's important to, for your own health, for your own mental health, your own sanity, your own whatever reason that it may be that you need to set some boundaries and say no. Um, it's been, it's been hard. And I think part of the process over the year has kind of been figuring out not just like how to do it, but why, hello, kitty cat, um, why I have trouble with it. Like, why, why can't I say no? Why do I feel like I can't? We also have, um, if you're listening on the podcast, this is live video on YouTube and we have, um, Cullen's sister, Brittany's dog. (laughs) He's hanging out with us too. And you can see him in the video, but, um, anyways, 
So the why of like, why am I like this? Why that's what's helped me kind of figure out how to change it is why do I have trouble saying no? And what is it that is holding me back from that? Um, so there were lots of great comments and things that you guys said on my post about like, um, you know, your marriage, your relationship with family members, your relationship with friends and not being able to say no. So this whole not saying no thing goes further than just like saying no to like a social event, like, oh, I can't come to that because I have something to do. Um, it goes beyond that. That was kind of where it started for me is like, how do I say no if I, you know, if I don't want to do something or I would find myself, um, we talked about this some in last week's live stream or last week's podcast um, about like the codependent part of it of feeling like I needed to do more for other people than I actually should be doing. And um, sometimes saying no is not just in response to somebody asking you to do something, but doing something that you feel like you should, even though you shouldn't, I guess. Um, like nobody asked you to, but you just feel like you should do something in a certain way or for somebody or whatever else. Um, this came into play a good bit in our marriage and in our relationship as we were struggling with some things um, last year and with some of the addiction stuff with like issues that Cullen was having that would kind of go over into other social relationships that we had with friends or family or whatever. And I would find myself feeling like even if he didn't ask me to, that I needed to make an excuse for him. Like if he didn't come to something that he was supposed to come to, um, coming up with some excuse. And if y'all know me, you know that I'm like not a person who is likes to be dishonest or likes to lie or likes to make things up. It's just not me. It's not how I am. Um, so <laughs> booger is all in this video. Um, so it was, that was hard because I just kind of felt like I had to, um, even though he didn't necessarily ask me to, I guess it kind of goes back to what I talked about last week about how I felt like you know, if he was doing something wrong, then that was on me. Then that was my responsibility. It was my fault. You know, I was the one that needed to be in charge of that. And that's just not how it is. So, okay, let me, let me just get to what I was going to talk about with this is, um, okay. So here's one of the things that I learned, um, is how much me not saying no and being able to stand up for myself or do what I need to do, um, kind of like set some boundaries for myself, how that was affecting my relationships with other people. So when I would find myself like kind of caving in or doing something that I didn't want to do or saying yes to whether it be a social obligation or whether it's just, um, you know, being the one to, I think I mentioned this last week, like do be the one to do the dishes every time, be the one to change a diaper every time it needed changing or whatever the situation was. Um, then it builds up some like bitterness and resentment towards the other person that you are um, like having the issue with or towards the situation. Um, maybe it's that um, like a, a very common situation that I feel like I still kind of have trouble with is if there's somebody that is, or like something that is a problem for you. Say, for example, like your neighbor across the street is always parking right in front of your mailbox or, you know, in front of your driveway or something like that. And it's like, you don't want to say anything because you're not 
like you don't want to make them uncomfortable, but then you're in turn making yourself uncomfortable when maybe if you said something, they'd just be like, oh, it's fine. I'll move it. Um, hang on. Okay, sorry. Uh, then it's just one of those things that it's like you don't, you, you get bitter and you get resentful and then things get really frustrating. And then you've got this bad relationship with somebody that doesn't even know that they're doing something that's making you upset. So, um, you know, there would be an easy way to just be able to step out there and do that. But if it's something like the example that I gave in um, my Instagram post last night about somebody that had commented on a video and said like, her mother-in-law used to have a key to their house and would just come over all the time and walk in and, you know, not ask or not call or whatever. And that's because that's just maybe how things were in their family. Her husband's family was just like that. Um, and maybe that's just how it was. And that wasn't weird to them, but to her, that was just weird and she didn't like it. And she just kind of let it go for a while and didn't say anything because she didn't want to be disrespectful and she didn't want to hurt his feelings or her feelings. And, you know, it wasn't anything against her as a person. It wasn't like, hey, I don't like you and I don't want you in my house. It was I just, like, that's just not me. I just don't want you like I want to have my own privacy. And that's the kind of thing that's super duper hard. Like I have a really hard time with that kind of confrontation, um, even if it's like the person like I'll go get my car washed and they'll be, you know, I'll get in the car and they'll be like, Oh, how does everything look? And they'll stand there and they'll want to know, like, is there anything we missed? And I'll see something like, Oh, they totally forgot to wipe out this area. And I'm like, Oh, it's fine. When they're asking me, like they're asking me, what do I think about it? How does it look? And I just choose not to <laughs> say it, but that's something that I'm working on. Like I, that's, it's a lot of times people, they don't, it's not like you're being rude you should be able to express something that is bothering you, especially if it's like a service you're paying for or something like that. Um, one thing that I had said in my video um, as well is talking about if somebody can't respect your boundaries. So say this girl had had this conversation with her mother-in-law and had said, Hey, you know what? I like, I love you and you're great, but just, I don't want you just using your key and coming in our house all the time because that's just whatever, however she has the conversation. And her mother-in-law just decides to say, um, well, that's crazy. I should, I should just be able to do that or just doesn't acknowledge it or whatever. doesn't respect her boundary. Then that's a really hard situation. And I had said in my video, you know, if somebody doesn't respect your boundaries, I don't know what to tell you. Just don't be friends with those people. And I had cut out the part. So the Instagram clip was a, a shorter clip from a longer video. And I had cut out the part where I was like, no, 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 not really. I'm just kidding. Don't just not be friends with them. But the more that I've learned and the more that I've kind of like worked through all of this myself, the more I'm like, it's okay. Like, why would you keep somebody in your life if they're not respecting something that's important to you that you're not doing in a negative or mean or rude way to somebody, but especially a friend or it's just, that's not a friend, you know, like that's not somebody that you need in your life. That's not supportive of the things that you need to make sure that, um, that you're healthy. So in that case, like it's not the mother-in-law's place to say whether or not it's okay for her to come into their house. Like that's not her place. She doesn't live there. And I don't know. It's, it's like, it's harder to explain than it is in my head because, Hey, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, because it's, 
I don't know. It's just hard because that's easier said than done. And you don't, but it's, I don't know. I've, I've been like hearing a lot about this and reading a lot about this and it's something that I'm learning. And so I'm hoping that in some way, this convoluted way of me explaining things and talking about something that's not making any sense is helping you guys too. But just knowing that it's okay to like stand up for yourself in a way of, you know, lessening your communication with somebody who doesn't respect boundaries or, you know, choosing not to hang out with them or, um, I don't know what to do if it's your mother-in-law that's got a key to your house and just keeps coming in other than like take the key from her and don't let her come in. Um, and that's a harder situation when it's your family. Um, but I know a lot of people who commented about dealing with this with friends that, you know, their friends weren't respectful of their boundaries. They weren't respectful of the things that they felt or their, you know, whether it be their like moral stand on things or they're asking them to do something they don't feel comfortable with or they're just using different like manipulative guilt tripping strategies to get people to do stuff for them, you know, like, oh yeah, I had, I forgot, or somebody at work, you know, like, dang it, I had this and this and this come up and I don't know what I'm going to do because I didn't get this project done and could you do it for me? I feel like that kind of thing happens all the time. And being the type of person that I am, I tend to be empath overly empathetic. Like I overly rationalize for other people. Um, and I've learned over the past year and Cullen's even learned to be like, okay, well, first of all, you don't know they're feeling that way. And second of all, it's not your place to take on that responsibility of somebody else's. Um, there's a sign that I've seen on like people's desks, like at the front desk of places that says like poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Um, so there definitely are in life true situations where somebody's going to need help. Somebody's going to have like an emergency. Um, for example, the night when Cullen got a staph infection in his face that came out of the blue and we like needed to rush to the hospital. Totally could not have anticipated that. And luckily, my sister was amazing enough to take our kids and I took them over there and they were able to spend the night. So that's an example of something that is going to, you know, just like you can't help. There's going to be emergencies. But I'm talking about the situations of the person who always forgets to bring their wallet or, you know, they never get their projects done in time and you always end up picking up the slack. Um, or I guess I'm thinking too, like as, as far as kids go, when I was little, I always forgot my books for my homework, like always. And we would always have to turn back around and go get my books or sometimes we wouldn't. I honestly don't even remember how that played out. <laughs> so um, I don't remember. I don't, I, know, I remember going back a lot of times. I don't know. I don't remember if there was ever a time when my parents were like, that's too bad you forgot them. I feel like it probably did get to that point because eventually I think I did start remembering my books. <laughs> but I feel like what happens when you're a super empathetic person and you start putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and you're like, oh, well, I know how that feels. Like, dang it, that sucks. Like, you didn't mean to forget your books. You didn't mean to wait till the last minute to finish your project. And so you need somebody to help you with wrapping it up you didn't mean to do that. And like, I want to help you out. And I, I know how it feels to be in that situation. Well, that's fine. The first time, maybe the first couple of times, some people would probably say, no, that's still not your responsibility. And you know, that's up to you to make that decision. Um, but for me, it's really hard to do that right off the bat to um, just say like, nope, that's your fault. That's your problem. Um, and I don't think that I would do that. But if it's something that keeps happening, you feel like you're being 
kind by helping, but what you're really doing is you're hurting the other person more. They think you're helping them. They think that it's like nice that you feel like you're helping. You feel like they need you. You're not helping. Like it's making it worse because they're not learning the responsibility. Um, for example, our kids, uh, I've mentioned this before about being late to school, how we always used to be late to school. So at our, their old preschool, um, we would have to like physically walk them in and, um, that's just how it went. And so if we got there late, it was like, okay, well, I got to walk them in whether I'm late or whether I'm on time. And either I would walk them to the room that they're supposed to be in, or I'd walk them to like the playground or wherever they were. But the school that they're at now, um, there's carpool. So they're able to like the people get them out of the car, which saves a ton of time when you're taking two toddlers that want to carry everything. They're, they're not toddlers anymore, whatever. They're three and almost five. Um, but when they were at their old school, they were like one and three. Um, but you're saving a lot of time and maybe you don't even have to have your shoes on yet or your clothes. You can still be wearing your pajamas if somebody else is getting them out of the car. And it's just, I was, you know, you're able to get back to work, get back to whatever you need to do. So at the old school, there was really no um, consequence, I guess, for it. But the first time at their new school that I got there, like literally two minutes after carpool ended and like carpool was shut down and I had to walk them in. And I was like, oh man, this sucks. So then I, you know, the first time I was like, that's just crazy. It's only two minutes after the time, blah, blah, blah. But the, you got to have boundaries. Like they had to have boundaries and, you know, they could feel bad that like, oh, bless her heart. She's going to have to bring them in. And there's two kids and they got all their bags and all their stuff. And they're like tripping over their shoelaces and that's, but I'm sorry, like that's the policy. And if they did that for everybody, then everybody would still be late. So you better bet you I started getting my kids to school on time because I knew that it, like it was better off for everybody. It wasn't as, you know, difficult to get them in the door. It didn't take as long. I was able to get back on the road and get to work sooner and everything else. So um, it was helpful to me, you know, it was helpful that um, there was, and it wasn't in a mean way. Nobody was like rude. Um, even if I did have to walk them in, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're terrible because your kids are late. I can't believe they're late. It, there was nothing harsh about it. It was just kind of like, this is, this is the line. Like this is where we draw the line and you can choose to be on time or you can choose to be late and you walk them in. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of a good picture of boundaries and saying no or being able to kind of be in control of what works best for you, um, that it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a punishment. Um, boundaries are protecting something that's important to you. And I've said that um, several times and it was a good reminder for me to go back and watch my old video where I started saying that because I feel like it's just a better way to explain it. Um, if you're in the mother-in-law situation, if she was protecting her privacy, she was protecting her um, sanity. I'm not somebody that likes to just have like somebody show up at my house unexpectedly or not know that something's about to happen. I'm a planner. I like to know it's going to happen. Um, I being the type of person that I am usually have the next like, you know, five things in my head that I need to do this and this and this. And I'm usually probably still running late doing all of them. Um, so things are a little tight, but a lot of times it's just, that's, you have to be respectful of other people's, you know, 
I guess that wouldn't be like morals or beliefs. What's the word I'm looking for? Like personal preferences, you know, um, on how they want to live their lives. So I think, you know, that just shows that I'm still able to have like a perfectly fine relationship with everybody. If I come in late, nobody has to feel bad about it that I have to walk in other than me. Like that puts me in responsibility for getting my kids there on time. It's not their responsibility that I had to walk them in. It's not their fault. It's my fault, my responsibility. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a long, <laughs> long explanation of that. Um, one thing that um, I've found recently of when I know that I'm not doing a good job, the more I've learned when I know that I'm not doing a good job of setting boundaries is when I start to feel the resentment, the bitterness, but I just have like, I will get so frustrated and I will hear coming out of my mouth why does this keep happening? Oh my gosh. Like, seriously, why do you keep doing this to me? Nobody's doing anything to you. If it's something that that's what you're saying, you're allowing that thing to happen. Um, and this can be from something, you know, super huge to like your husband keeps lying to you or your um, mother-in-law keeps coming into your house, or it can be something super small as um, actually the reason that our, son Brooks ended up giving up his passy because every night um, he would forget it like because it was just something that he had in bed and some mornings he would bring it down with him and then you know he'd be done with it and so he'd leave it downstairs and so when we would go up to bed at night I would we would like get everything situated and we're laying down and he's like oh where's my passy and I would be like oh my gosh like why why does this happen every night and then I'd have to go back downstairs and then I get frustrated and then I finally was like you know what? I'm the one like enabling this behavior. I'm the one allowing him to continue. And you can kind of translate this metaphor to whatever situation you're in, whether I know a lot of people have um, situations with a spouse or a family member or whoever with addiction problems. Um, and you can kind of translate to that, um, that when you're covering for somebody, when you're um, enabling it in any way, then that it's on you that it's continuing. So, I finally was just like, you know what, if he wants it, then he's going to need to be the one responsible for it. So I went down and got it the final night. And I was like, all right, buddy, here's the deal. I went and got this for you, but this is your responsibility. It's not, it's not my passy. I don't need it. If you want it at night, you need to remember to be the one to bring it up. Like you got to be the one to find it. Cause we would look for it. We can find it and need to put it like in a drawer somewhere. So, um, the next night we got up there and he was like, oh, where's my passy? And it wasn't up there. And I told him he had to go look for it. And he went and looked and he looked around the house, he even went downstairs and he couldn't find it. And he came back up and I, and he was like, I can't find it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And oh my gosh, it was so hard. I was like, dang it, I know exactly where one is. I know where I can go find one right now and like cure his little sad heart from being sad. But he, I said, Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I guess we'll have to look in the morning. He was like, okay. And then he went to sleep without it. And I was like, what just happened? And I came downstairs and I told Cullen, I was like, are you kidding me? This is happening right now. Like he's, is he going to go to sleep? And he ended up falling asleep and it was fine. And he hasn't had it since. Um, he did ask for it a few times after that, but it just shows like how much enabling something by feeling guilty because you're getting, you know, you're not setting a boundary. You're not saying like, this isn't my responsibility is detrimental to the other person, not just to you too. Um, so like I said, just the gut check thing. If you feel yourself, like I've found so much lately to trust that feeling that I get 
whether it's just a feeling of like, it's just, there's something about this isn't, isn't right. Like, am I, am I a bad person for like not wanting? Um, I keep going back to this mother-in-law comment just because it's a good example um, of what somebody commented. If you're just joining us, I'm not talking about my mother-in-law. I'm talking about somebody who left a comment talking about how their mother-in-law had a key to their house and would just come in whenever, um, whenever she wanted to, and it became a problem. Um, but when I find myself starting to like question myself, like I feel a certain way, I'm getting frustrated. And then I start going like, well, am I like a bad person? Because I don't like this. Like maybe, maybe I just, I don't need to be, I'm just must be rude and I should be understanding and then start talking yourself out of it. And that's where trusting yourself <laughs> comes into play. Um, you it's your feelings. It's your house. It's your whatever. Like you have to trust yourself that just because you're somebody else is making you feel guilty that they can't invade your space. Like, sorry. I mean, that's, that's who I am. So when you start feeling even not just there's, there's things that are obvious that you're just like, Oh my God, this is making me nuts. Why does this keep happening? But then there's things that are like those little, like in the back of your head, you keep being like, this, this just isn't right. Like there's something not right about this. Um, I also talked some in my video about, over explaining your no and how no is a complete sentence. You should be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. No, that's not okay. No, you're not going to bring drugs in the house. No, you're not going to come in my house with a key when you don't live here. Um, regardless of what it is. No, I don't want to um, go to, dinner tonight or whatever somebody asks you to do. No, I can't go to that party or whatever else. And people should be respectful of that. Um, I do think that there are times that it is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I do feel like there are times that it's polite to not give an excuse necessarily, but if it's something that you, you know, you genuinely want to do and you're like, Hey, I would love to do this, but and then, you know, whatever the reason is, I think the problem comes when you say your butt and your butt isn't good enough for the other person. Um, and that's when you kind of have to think about that relationship. It's not so much about that you shouldn't have expressed your feelings as much as, whoa, if this person isn't respecting this when I'm genuinely saying how I feel about it, then let's talk about or let's think about this relationship and how important it is to me. And is it is it beneficial for my mental health or for whatever to stay in this relationship? Um, because sometimes the reason may be I would love to go to that party or I would love to whatever the thing is. But I have had such a busy week and I'm really tired and I just I really want to sit on the couch and like watch some TV or I really want to go to bed early or whatever else. Um, whatever your reason is, it doesn't really, it should, it doesn't matter. Like if you, if you say no, you should feel confident in that. And I think part of this whole thing for me, um, I've been thinking about kind of like, why is it so hard for me? How have I overcome it? And what's allowed me to be able to overcome it. And part of it for me is that I didn't trust myself. Um, when I would say no, and then somebody would start saying, well, but you can sleep in tomorrow or, you know, tomorrow night you can like lay on the couch and maybe if, you know, then I would start questioning myself because I didn't trust myself to make 
a, a good decision. Like I didn't feel like I was um, oh, losing words, <laughs> not capable of, I didn't feel like I was like good enough to make a decision on my own. Um, and so I wouldn't even fully think about it. I would, you know, I'd say no. And then I would be easily convinced of another way. Then maybe you get to the dinner, you get to the party or you get to the whatever it is. And I mean, I would know the second I left my house, like, oh, dang it, I just don't want to do this. This is like, I should have just stuck with what I said and said no. Once I talked myself into it or once somebody else talked me into it. And then you end up getting, again, the bitterness, the resentment coming up where then you're like bitter that you're at the party. You're not, you end up not enjoying it or you become bitter at the other person that um, convinced you to be there. And I think it's, I mean, it's hard because if somebody, you know, I'm not saying like you just, I don't know. There are situations where you need to go to something like say it's your great uncle so-and-so's birthday party. And you just like, you know, you really need to be there because of whatever respectful family needs. <laughs> I mean, it's still okay to say no, but I'm just saying like, I'm not saying that you should just not care about other people's feelings. And it would mean a lot to your great uncle Joe, if you came to his party and that would be really special to him because you're important to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't respect other people's feelings, um, but I'm saying that you can kind of create boundaries even in that situation. If it's that, you know, for your like mental sanity, you just really cannot do it and can't be there, then you can come stop by for a little bit at the party and say hello and then stay within your boundaries of, you know, I'm going to stay for 30 minutes or I'm going to, you know, come and drop off my gift or I'm going to, you know what, Uncle Joe, I would love to, but I really can't. I really just can't with Aunt Sally. She's always like criticizing me and putting me down and I just can't be around her. You may not have to tell Uncle Joe this, but Uncle Joe, I'd really love to come to your party. But um, maybe instead of going to your party, I would love to take you to dinner next week or, you know, something. Um, it's not that you just totally have to be disrespectful of other people, but there are certainly times when you need to do things to stand up for yourself to be able to like maintain your sanity, your life, or just that it's something else that you need to do. Maybe you have promised your kids. There was actually um, a girls night thing for our Sunday school class that I really did want to go to recently. I really wanted to go to it, um, but it was on a Friday night. It was the first week of school and Gaines, we do like family Mexican night and Gaines had already been talking about how she was so excited to like start back up family Mexican night since summer was over and it was her first week of school and all this stuff. And um, like, I felt like that wasn't a good enough excuse and nobody judged me for it. As far as I know, if they did, it's none of my business, whatever they can, <laughs> but I don't think they did. Um, it's, but I personally to myself, even questioned myself, I was like, well, I mean, I should probably go like, it's just Mexican. We could go the next night, but it was really important to me because it was important to gains and it was something we'd had planned. So that's just kind of a little example. Um, there's something even recently, like, as I, like, I'm telling you, I'm still working on overcoming a lot of this stuff as much as I feel like I like know what I'm supposed to do. Um, the kids always want to watch DVDs in the car. And that's something that started like a long time ago. And it's just like the, the TVs automatically come on, but then their headphones don't work. And then they're like arguing about the movie and they don't need to be watching a movie in the car when we're driving like 10 minutes down the road. But 
they would ask and then I would feel guilty that like, well, the TV's already on and they saw it and like, oh man. And so it's taken a really long time for me to just finally say like, okay, we're going to make a new rule. We're just not going to watch TV in the car because it's, it's like hard for me. I felt too guilty and it's confusing for them when it's like, well, one day when like everything, everybody's in a good mood, then we can watch it. But then on the bad days when everybody's in a bad mood and everybody's fighting, then we can't. So like, who knows if we're going to get to watch TV today. And so that just creates like instability for them and like mental, um, wishy-washy angst for them of like, well, but you said I could yesterday and like now blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of things with kids that I feel like that really like gets to me. I don't want them to feel like they don't know one way or the other. So it's not that I'm being mean. It's just that I'm saying like, just so we don't even have to worry about it. We're not going to watch movies unless we're going on a, like a longer car trip. Or, you know, we're going somewhere that's further. Like there's places we have to go regularly that are, you know, 30, 40 minutes away. Maybe they're tired and they've had, you know, a long day at school or whatever. And they just kind of want to chill out. And I totally understand that. But we just made a rule. So it's not a fight every morning now. It's not like we get in the car to go to school, which is not that far away. And they start complaining that it was to the point of like, I would open the door to get in the car. My TV's not on. Can you turn my TV on? And I was like, Oh my Lord, Jesus, would y'all please just wait a minute. Like give me a minute to get in the car. And then they start crying. It's not on yet. So yeah, we just totally took that out. And now like it, it's not like they get in the car and they're like, dang it. I want to watch TV. They just know that that's how it is. And so it's not an argument. So that's kind of how it, I mean, it translates over into so many different areas of life, all the stuff that I've been learning. And it's just really amazing to me to see how I didn't realize that this was not only okay, but it was important. So um, I guess like, like I was saying, if you find yourself saying, why do you keep doing this to me? Somebody's not doing something to you. Like, why do y'all keep doing this? Why do you keep fighting when you get in the car? I get in the car, hang on. I can't even buckle my seatbelt because I've got to turn on the TV for y'all. No, they're not doing that to me. I'm allowing that to happen. I'm allowing myself to feel bad about it. I'm allowing all these things to happen. Um, let's see. Okay, so I guess um, the only other thing that I was really kind of just thinking about is this is all easier said than done most, mostly. Um, and you know, it's taken me a really long time to get to the point of being able to like feel confident in myself to say no, or to be confident in my confident in myself to set some boundaries. And I feel like the way that I've been able to be the most confident to feel the less guilt, the least guilt, and to just be able to like enjoy my decision is to have, to be super confident in my why, um, again, that comes back back to trusting yourself. Um, when you feel like somebody else is always going to convince you of something anyway, you're probably not, or I guess for me, I wouldn't think as much about why I didn't want to go or why I didn't, why it wasn't okay or whatever the boundary was. And so I wouldn't think as much about it. And I would, so then I wouldn't trust myself. If you don't trust yourself, you're not going to spend too much time thinking about things. But when you do, when you think about things, when you have like thought about the options, explored all the possibilities and you're like, nope, this is how it is. It's okay to say if somebody asks you to do something or whatever, most of the time you should be able to say, 
Um, that sounds really fun. I let me let me think about that and I'll get back to you. Um, it's okay to do that because sometimes you you know not just need to necessarily check your calendar, but like let me just check and make sure there may not be anything on my calendar, but that might be a good thing because it may be the end of a long week. We have recently realized that Friday night Mexican night may not even be the best idea for our kids because the past couple weeks now that school started back and it's really like you know they're really getting to where they got lots of activities and all this stuff by Friday nights, they are like beat and it's not even fun for them because they're so exhausted. Um, so, you know, that's something that we've enjoyed doing too, but to be able to say like for them, even though they think they want to go, they get there and they're miserable because they're so tired. So, um, you know, really kind of thinking about everything, taking your time and trusting that your gut feeling is most likely going to be correct the majority of the time. Um, that's something that I've truly learned and that there are a lot of people in life that are going to try to convince you otherwise. Um, this is true, not just in the like saying no and somebody tries to give you reasons why you should do something. Um, but also I've learned this kind of like in the addiction space and something that I learned um, in a lot of the groups and like online little forums and stuff that I was on about, um, you know, if you start questioning yourself, usually if you have a feeling about something and it's gotten to the point where you like really are like, okay, something is really not right. Something's going on. Most of the time there's, you know, something that needs to be discussed. Um, if you're in a relationship with somebody who's like on the regular trying to hide things from you or been hiding things from you, they're going to be pretty good at convincing you that something isn't wrong and that you're crazy. So just have to believe yourself, trust yourself and, you know, be able to stand up for yourself when you need to. All right. So there you have it. That was the live stream from the audio. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Lots of content there. I appreciate you guys sticking with me and listening. I would love to hear your feedback. You are more than welcome to send me an audio message on here. You can send me a question if you have any questions. Um, I'm going to try to get some more content on this podcast, more than just the live streams from YouTube. I want to make some specific dedicated podcast um, a answering your questions so that I can kind of address even some shorter topics that aren't just a whole long segment of tons of different topics and, you know, covering different things. So if you have any specific questions, whether it be about things that I mentioned in this podcast that you'd like more information about or would like for me to address, um, you can send them to me in an audio message. You can also email them to me at Katie on the flip side at gmail.com. And I will look through and see what I can do about answering some of those questions. I would love to be able to connect with you guys in that way. Um, again, I really appreciate your support. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, there is a button that you can click on anchor to support this podcast. And that is something that you can do if that is on your heart. But I really um, am looking forward to going on this journey with you guys. And I appreciate your patience as I'm learning all this podcast stuff, getting it all on the platforms and getting it published and audio sounding better, hopefully soon. But um, thank you guys for everything. And I will see you in my next podcast. As always, follow me on Instagram because I'm there basically every day posting something and that is the primary way that I connect with you guys and get in touch with you and be able to comment back and 
stay connected. So you can follow me there, Katie Pie 7 Thanks, guys. Hope you have a wonderful day.